Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cabin Country Media is proud to team up with the North London Theatre Guild and the Clearwater County Leisure Craft Assemblage to bring you another edition of Pontoon Theatre. Tonight's dramatic presentation features the stage work of Sir Dick Flintsman and the eminent Sir Lout Bunt, both actors knighted for their fine stage work. This broadcast also features the George Severs family's new 35-foot pontoon boat, boasting an Ott Scatwater four-stroke 150 horsepower on the stern. Tonight we offer Shakespeare's Macbeth. And the action picks up with the tension between Macduff and Macbeth in Act 5, Scene 8. Accursed be the tongue that tells me so, for it hath cowed my better part of man. And be these juggling fiends no more believed, that palter with us in double sense, that keep the word of promise to our ear and break it to our hope. I'll not fight with thee. Then yield, coward, and live to be the show and gaze of the time. We'll have thee as our rarer monsters are, painted on a pole and underwrit. Here may you see the tyrant. I will not yield to kiss the ground before young Malcolm's feet and to be baited with the rabble's curse. Though Burnham would be come to Dunsinane, and thou opposed being of no woman born, yet I will try the last. Before my body I throw my warlike shield, lay on Macduff, and damned be him that first cries, Hold! Enough! Thank you for joining us tonight on Pontoon Theatre. We'll be back again next week with the company's pontoon adaption of Henrik Ibsen's A Doll's House. Join us again next week this same time for Pontoon Theater. This is the Cabin Country Broadcasting Network. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstead, and I'm Fudd Klugman with another Woodland Escape. All right, we'd like to welcome you again this week to Cabin Country. My name is Bjorn Lloydstead. And I'm Fudd Klugman. I'm glad to have you back here on the fire ring. I hope your coffee mug is full. Indeed. Indeed. We are going to report tonight, Fudd, on uh, the luck the luck of the Cabin Country hosts. Another trip up to the Gull River. That's right. It was a little later than, than uh, previous couple of years here. Didn't get up until 
July. And yet the joy of a midweek trip. Oh, it was good. Well, right, we, right after the 4th. Right after the 4th, and we lucked out. Now, my brother was up over the 4th of July weekend, and it right. was like blistering up there. 95 degrees, oh, I think. Oh, my goodness gracious. Windy, but, but uh, then we got a little rain on that uh, Tuesday that we went up. Yeah, the first night was kind of wet. And uh, the temperatures dropped, and uh, it was beautiful. Humidity was gone, and it seemed like the wind had kind of taken the bugs with them. Yeah. Creepy crawlies were gone for the most part. Right, uh, right. Just a real pleasant, pleasant uh, three-day shot up there on the Gull River. However, there were some critters that did invade a little bit. A little bit. Do tell, do tell, fellas. Well, I grabbed the trail camera that I had placed at the base of one of the trees near the the top of the steps leading down to the dock. I kind of aimed it toward the cabin and thought, uh, well, this is where I find poop, so I'll just uh, (laughs) aim the camera, then you can see the cabin in the background, and sure enough, um, I think the date stamped on those photos was uh, July 2nd. Right. In fact, I think that was the day that... uh, my brother and company were heading up. So on that morning, there were plenty of geese. You're hanging around. Up there. and Grazing uh, on your lawn. Yes, yes, indeed. And and uh, then when we got up there later, um, I think the first morning, you got up as you usually do a little before me. I, I'm an early riser. And you saw... Well, I think, some of the, I, think I, I wasn't quite sure what stirred me, other than I just get up early and... Uh, I heard what sounded like a slight commotion, and I lifted the shades, and oh my gosh, <laughs> there were about 35 geese walking <laughs> up your driveway and past the past the vehicle and, and head wow. straight for kind of the dock, slope down to the to the riverfront area, and I thought, oh, that's it, I gotta, okay, pull on the clothes, I'm gonna run out there, and start Shoot yelling, away. And, and get out of here, get the heck out of here. And by the time I'd suited up and got the front door open, they were already in the river and oh, uh, right. moving away. So it was, it was, I sensed some hurry on their part. <laughs> huh. This being, you know, episode 36. Uh, yes. The ongoing saga of FUD, FUD the, and family and, and get rid of these darn geese. But uh, to, to, to quote our, our new friend Matt Crock, to the goddamn Canada Goose. <laughs> yeah, they were... were they were making their, their presence felt, but it was short-lived, and, and they didn't even wait for me to get outside, and they were, they were on the water. So, uh, and that was the last I saw them in your yard. And then, and then the saga began. So right. you, you had a few new ideas that you've mentioned before, but they are now a reality. That's right. I, I had uh, read that one of the effective uh, scaring, I don't know, things you can do is to get one of those... Uh, those air-blown, what do you call those? They kind of flip yeah, around in the wind. Sure. I see them a lot at like places that, that want to offer car washes. In, fa- in fact, when you drive up Highway 10 and you pass the uh, Pirate's Cove, isn't that yes, what it's called? Yes, indeed. That, that souvenir shop. Absolutely. They've got a huge one. It's kind of like red, white, and blue, big Blowing in the wind. Come on in here. Buy, yeah, sh- well, that's that's the idea. There, there is something out there. You can If you go online, you can find... You know, something that's designed with a motion detector on it. You put it down on your property by the lakeshore. Keep it plugged in. And the geese come in, they, they trip off the the motion detector, and then the thing just sort of Boom. whips in the wind. It's oh. got a mean face. It's kind of Halloween. Encouraging the geese to get their car washed at the tail. <laughs> that's right. Please step in here. Come this way. I'm going to wash your car. 
Indeed. I guess. After the mess you left, but... That's uh, right. Well, I decided to do a miniature version of that, and I I found another place where they could uh, kind of custom design a little sock puppet thing. So I I designed one after Spotty, Spotty the the safety frog. Indeed. And uh, stands about four feet tall. The thing of it is, it's not waterproof. Uh Uh-oh. So I spent some extra money on some waterproofing spray. Okay. Like a scotch guard kind of thing. Sure. Sprayed it. And then I, uh, we plugged the thing in, and uh, instead of a you know a motion detector, I got a timer. You know, and just thought, well, right. every half hour, let's just have the thing start up, just sure. in case they happen to be around. Absolutely, Spotty comes to life. So yeah, we got that, and it seems to work okay. Well, I mean, it it, it flips around, but <laughs> I, I I just wasn't sure that was going to do do the trick. So I, I brought up another thing. Phase two. Phase two. I don't even know what phase we're on by this time. It's 37. The swans did part, you know, I think they kept them off the property for a while. Right. And uh, as we mentioned before, that when the geese did come up, they were careful to come up on the side of the lot away from the the, the, uh, swans. But uh, I'm kind of thinking that their their job is done. So we took those out of the water and just put them up on land. Right. Don't know if that's going to do anything either. Nesting swans. Stay out of here. But I got something called a, uh, well, some people call them a boo box. It's a, it's, it is a motion detected thing that just starts making noise. And the one I got is kind of industrial size. Yes. In fact, uh, Don, why don't you play one of the messages that it plays? Attention. Be careful of wet floor. Yeah, so it kind of warns you of a slippery floor, or, you know. Or, Thank you, Don. Or, or be careful you're in a construction area. Watch out. But, uh, or the dog bark. <laughs> So we got the dog bark, and, uh, well, we'll have to wait and see. I think it might have been more effective if you left it on the be careful for the wet floor. <laughs> yeah. Innocuous female voicing, please beware of the wet floor. Right. The might have been, oh, my gosh, we got to get out of here. The floor is wet. <laughs> After we get the cars detailed, let's get this. we got to move. <laughs> wet floor. Well, right, you know. Or you goddamn geese need to leave now. Please refrain from pooping in the yard. And if you poop all over our dock, we will be forced to start firing ball bearings at you with a wrist rocket. At any rate, we're trying everything. Although you just told me of a trip. I did. You know, I just, I was, I was the lucky recipient of, uh, you know, cabin country kind of the suburban version. I've got uh, relatives on beautiful White Bear Lake. And Uh uh, we took a, at, at their kind offering, I was taken on a, a a shoreline cruise of, of the, the Great Lake called White Bear, White Bear Lake. Lake. And uh, at one point, I thought, my gosh, there's this big raptor circling this guy's dock. And I was like, look at that. That's incredible. And, and uh, my brother-in-law, Kevin, said, well, actually, that's a, uh, that's a kite. I said, what? Are you that looks so real. And it was, a, it was I, you know, accurate size. I mean, it was very big. And it, it circled around that dock and waterfront attached to a pole, lightweight, any breeze came up, and it took flight. And it uh-huh. looked for all the world like some kind of very large hawk or immature eagle. And I said, you suppose that's an attempt to keep the, uh, keep the geese off, off the lawn? And it certainly seemed to be working. There were plenty of geese, you know, riding on the proudly water. on the water, but they were not going anywhere near that that property. And I thought, my gosh, this, this could cool. be phase seventy five. Yeah. If we could <laughs> hook up a large kite of some type of raptor and and have it uh, have it, you know, it's just it's picked up by the wind and and 
it was crazy. At one point, I was like, my gosh, the thing's 15, 20 feet up in the air. It's just circling around. And, Does, and, did it uh, dive bomb in the water or anything? Not into it? the water. He had it far enough back on his shoreline that it would not hit the water. Oh, okay. So it just kind of, you know, the wind would die down. It would kind of decrescendo down onto the grass. And the wind would come up and boom, up it went again. And I thought, my goodness, that might be the next attempt. So Well, it just sounds cool. Between, you know, a, a, again, a, a rather monotonous woman's voice saying mind the wet floor or the barking dogs or possibly a combo platter watch yeah. out for the wet floor and the attack dog right <laughs> be careful now it's wet <laughs> and then and then uh, spotty the wonder frog well wonder flog, the wonderful frog <clears throat> springing to attention and then possibly even some kind of massive raptor yeah taking to the now the only problem i might see with your place there on the gull FUD is the overhanging trees. There's a lot yeah. of trees, so it'd be difficult to see how to make that work. But an intriguing idea, nonetheless. And it looked incredibly realistic. I thought, well, hmm. it looks a little thin to be... I mean, it's kind of... Oh, it's, it is a kite. I see that. But it kept its shape. I mean, the wings were out. And Maybe I could attach it to a pole on the corner of the dock so it wouldn't Maybe drop so. in the water. Yeah, well, as but long it as it was high enough, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Of course I'm going to look into that. Well, you kind of have to. spend more money on trying to keep the geese off the lawn? Why not? Absolutely. I, I can't help but think, though, Fudd, you mentioned this a couple of years ago on the show, the whole idea of just a few, you know, woodsy-looking poles along the, the shoreline. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, three, four layers of... of uh, Mylar or, or well, monofilament? Monofilament line, you know. Yeah. I'm going to come up here. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm Some not. invisible force is I mean, keeping me up. You mean we can't get the cars washed? Be careful on <laughs> wet floor. All right, All right everybody. Well, try the next guy. Yeah. Back in the water. You goddamn geese need to leave now. Well, yeah, that's... But intriguing to see them come marching up your driveway. Yeah, so Look they get way crowd. up They're, there. Yeah, yeah, it was like they were grazing on the road. Wow. ED Road or whatever that was, you know. Or yeah. Forget the name and then, and then right up the driveway and right down into the water. So I thought, shoot... Huh. Kind of wish I would have gotten up a little earlier. I was busy brewing a pot of mitts, Fudd. Oh yes, well, that's the first getting, order getting of business. Getting impatient, yeah, and then well, up, up, there they are. Up, get, get your shirt on, and they'd already left. So. Well, speaking of mitts, coffee. It's time for a short sponsor break, but don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. Please refrain from pooping in the yard. And if you poop all over our dock, we will be forced to start firing ball bearings at you with a wrist rocket. <laughs> Look who's smiling now. Salile Extension University is offering you the opportunity to get the last laugh. By selecting the rigorous course of home study that best suits your ambitions, you can triple your salary from entry level to upper level management in as little time as it takes you to complete this series of correspondence courses. You determine the rigor of your own education. Salile offers degrees upon completion of the following courses. Accounting 101, including both fiction and nonfiction. Real estate intro, featuring payroll, scheduling, and fryer maintenance. Restaurant management, emphasizing machine shorthand, total diesel repair, and organ lessons. Veterinary assistant, including techniques for making extra cash by customizing vans, cycles, and dune buggies. And locksmithing, the key to your future, which will add inches to your chest, neck, and arms through the wonders of isokinetics. 
And if you send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Salile Extension today, you'll also receive our free pamphlet on how to grow taller, you'll receive five genuine fossilized prehistoric shark's teeth, access to a U.S. coin-filled barrel purchased from a reputable old-time collector, and the inside track on how to sell your poems to major U.S. and European music producers. Hear your words on the radio. No kidding. Send your self-addressed stamped envelope today to Salile Extension University, Department 1346, Sherbrooke Avenue East, Mosaic, Rhode Island. Again, that address is Side Isle Extended Adversity, Compartment Duckpin Helmet, Canadian Aviary Geese, Prosaic, Thousand Island. Don't delay. Start building your future today. And now, real stories of the Cabin Country Outdoors agents. Tonight, Episode 3. Big boy? The agency half-ton truck rolled away from Red Benson's driveway after we muscled the culvert trap off the back bed. It took several of us to move it with the help of a bobcat. We'd made a fair amount of noise, but it was early afternoon, and I wouldn't expect the bear until early evening or possibly later. (laughs) Hope the neighbors don't mind all this commotion, Torgy. We don't mind a bit of good-natured noise around here as long as we're the ones making it. But if this means the end of our bear problem, so be it. I tell you, Betty will be able to let her Bichon back out in the yard without worrying. Yes, and you'll also be able to keep a wild animal safe from accidental poisoning or getting hit by a car. Ah, That's true. Anyway, what's your plan here, Torgy? Well, here's how this plays out, Red. I'll sit in the truck in Jim's driveway. Once the bear's in the trap, we'll signal the all-clear and our flatbed will take the bear away from here. Then we relocate it in a more bear-friendly environment. You'll mention to the neighbors that we are trying to catch a problem bear and that they should stay inside and keep their pets inside as well. No problem there, Torgy. Whole lakefront is talking about this. They get it. They're hoping it'll be a one-night affair. Well, I guess that will depend, won't it, Red? Come again? On whether or not the bear agrees. The sun was beginning to set as I sat in the truck and quietly nursed my coffee. I couldn't nod off during this detail. The local lake homeowners were making good on their promise to stay inside and keep the noise down. I kept a watch on the remaining woods across the road. Lake Home Construction had gotten rid of most of the remaining woodlands in the area. My guess was that if the bear showed up, it had come through the remaining patch of woods. This became an uneventful watch. I had sat parked in Jim Galligan's driveway around 5.30 p.m. It was now roughly 7.45 and the shadows were starting to get long. No sign of the bear. I was starting to worry about my coffee holding out as I heard a curious sound. It was the sound of a scratching noise. Maybe climbing noises, but it wasn't coming from the woods I was watching. This noise was coming from the direction of Red and Betty Benson's detached garage. I still had light enough to see our culprit magically appear from the top of the garage soffits and leap across to the nearby oak tree. This thing was good-sized, all right. You might even say gigantic for what it was. The branches where the creature landed buckled under the weight, and the noise of snapping branches and moving foliage would have been difficult not to hear. But this was no bear. This was one of the largest raccoons I'd ever laid my eyes on. And as the raccoon had made it to the ground, it now began to move itself cautiously into the culvert trap. The raccoon stared at the trap mechanism for what seemed to be a very long time. The animal then maneuvered around the springs and made its way into the culvert trap. The raccoon was out of visual range for roughly ten minutes. I had the truck's windows down, and as I strained my ears, I could swear I heard the sounds of an animal gorging itself on donuts and bacon grease. I fought my schoolboy urge to open the door and charge the trap. It would have been foolish on so many counts, so I sat tight and waited. Before long, the raccoon emerged slowly and gingerly from the culvert trap, 
seeming to know just how to get out without springing that front gate. The suspect had two or three crawlers in between its teeth and now began to scale the red oak alongside Red's garage. I sat and watched in awe as this giant raccoon nimbly climbed the oak and scurried across the apex of the garage roof, where it instantaneously disappeared. I took this as my cue. I quietly got out of the truck and moved near the garage. I cocked an ear and listened. And what I could hear was the sound of tiny raccoon voices crying out for milk, or possibly crawlers and bacon fat. The raccoon I'd begun to refer to as Big Boy was actually a mother and an unwanted guest in Red Benson's garage rafters. Unless I was way off base, this mother raccoon was using the Benson's garage as an early summer nursery. I made the call to the agency. Tomorrow the boys could come and pick up the culvert trap. We wouldn't need it. We had a different issue now. Be sure to join us for the exciting conclusion of Big Boy next time on Real Stories of the Cabin Country Outdoors Agents, featuring Officer Torgi Torgerson. This is a production of the Cabin Country Broadcasting Network. Bjorn Lloyd Studd and Fod Klugman in Cabin Country. We had some other fun. Uh, we did. Bjorn, I was mighty impressed with the fish you caught. It was uh, it was it was a thing of beauty. It was and and hardly expected. And and uh, just sitting on the dock. I don't know what about six thirty seven o'clock at night. Yeah, I don't even know. Was that the the. Tuesday we went up, or was yeah, it the next day? I, well, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like it might have been the next day because yeah, the yeah. first night was, was still pretty, pretty. It was very damp, wet. Yeah, there was a lot of mist Misty, in the air, yeah. and then the mist kind of picked up into a light rain. Yeah, and getting a fire going was not easy. Kind and, of a challenge, uh, but we needed all that moisture. We did. We certainly it's been did. Dry, very dry, very dry. But. Uh, yeah, I feel like it might have been night two, and just kind of sitting and casting and thinking our thoughts and solving the world's problems. And and it didn't, you know, I, I go back a couple of years to that dreaded Arbogast situation. Yes. Where, right, you know, nice cast into the shore, right into, you know, the water shadowy underneath and overhanging birch and, and all this looks good and just kind of measuring how I was reeling in, kind of pacing it a little bit and twitching the rod. And I just remember that rod doubled over. And you kind of were like, whoa, I think you got something here. And we, we brought yeah. it close into the boat, and then it breached out of the water and yeah. flipped and went back down again, and the thing went over and the thing. My rod had doubled over again, and I thought, boy, I'm flirting with disaster here. Ancient <laughs> tri-line yeah. reel. Oh, yeah. The whole bit, you know, the line was old, and I've got this ancient lure on there that I kind of want to hang on to. it. He jumped again and gone. Just snap. Yeah. Well, I, he didn't. I, he snapped it and then jumped again and was oh, that's thrashing, right. trying to lose After it. After the line had right. broken off, yes. We thought about perhaps going off the front of the boat. Right. And, I'm going in after you. After that lure. Give me that lure. But, uh, yeah, this one was a lot more, a little less ambitious a tug from the fish. But I yeah. apparently set the hook well because in he came and then... Yeah. Doubled over again, and you were like, "Holy smokes, Bjorn! Look at the size of this thing!" And it was—it was a solid. That was the best-sized largemouth bass I've ever caught. I can say that much. Yes, and uh, as I keep saying, the thing to do is you're supposed to measure it now because when you report on the size of the fish you got, right. you're supposed to say, "Oh, that was uh, 18 inches," or it was a. Uh, 
So, but we didn't. We took pictures, and yep. Uh, yep. I post a couple of pictures of the fish we each caught. Right. Yours being considerably bigger than well, the ones I, I pulled out. I just happened to be, you know, the funny thing was, I remember at, at the local licensing outfit, buying my license, and saying, yeah. well, I'm going to do this the right way, you know, I never catch anything but 17 pounds of salad, but right. let's make it legal, and the guy kind of chuckled and handed me the license. Sign here, please. Yeah. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm ready for more salad and a whole lot of nothing and radio shows galore and that's okay and uh, lo and behold we brought up a fair a fair sized largemouth so that was that was pretty cool that was that was fun a had lot to, of fun had the landing net ready because didn't you like miss one before that well and I thought we got to get the net because you yeah had one on yeah briefly. and it you know I I'm always kind of the less than experienced angler am <laughs> I. <laughs> I got him again. Here he comes again. But yeah, he, he something had it was giving me a good fight and then slipped the hook. Yeah. And that happened, I think, three more times over the course of those three days. I yeah. had something fairly good sized that just, that you didn't set it right and you're not getting me today. So that was <laughs> kind of frustrating. I thought, shoot, that would have been fun to have it's multiple a, shots of. It's a big mouth to, to set it, the it hook is, in, so is, the large mouth. Is. But uh, your cousin was kind enough to point out the. The sparkly, dark, dark-toned rubber worm. That's right. With the offset Ran hook just kind of sitting. In cousin the Doug at the beginning of the trip at uh, the the big shop we usually stop in. Indeed. And uh, he was buying some more bait. Some, well, we all we all use rubber worms up there. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the thing. Uh, the, the surface plugs, you know, are fun, but the conditions have to be just right, and the fish really have to be kind of anxious to be jumping right. at them. Right. But the worm gets more. More action, I think. So, Doug was picking up, yeah, some like blue, sparkly kind of worms. Yeah, we, yep, rubber worms. Yep, yep. Three, four inches long. And you bury, I don't know what the term is, but you kind of bury the hook into the worm so it's somewhat weedless. Right. And so you can make many casts without getting too many, much salad. And that did work like a charm, I got to yeah. say. I, I really wasn't pulling up much other than the perpetual duckweed which was just yes. sort of omnipresent i would say it was all over the place early july the gull river it is, yeah. it is thick with duckweed and uh it is even though there was a breeze and and uh the surface of the water was kind of moving uh it was just collected right. around the dock a right. good five right. feet out from the dock if not more and if if not more yeah i know your neighbor's dock was was kind of shrouded in duckweed yes. and it, <laughs> i love that point when you and i were out Doing a little tour of the river and, yeah. and kick the engine up, give it, give it, you know, run it, run it at yes. full tilt for a bit, and the whole. And then we just uh, fished quite a bit, and mm-hmm. some good looking spots. About five thirty, six o'clock in the evening, thinking, "Wow, this is a good time for it." And you got your hammer handle. <laughs> yes, indeed, little skinny thing. Yeah, smallest northern I think I've ever caught. <laughs> and then the smallest bass I think I've ever caught. That was that was uh, or snag impressive. Case, yes, I, I accidentally got hooked. Yeah, but uh, we not not a whole heck of a lot of luck. And we came back right. in, and I love the fact that your neighbor was down there, and he said, "Hey, stir it up a little bit here. I got I got grandkids coming over. Who want yeah, to swim." He was, Could, he was kind of winding in the air, like yeah. you know, what? what what? So I went close. Go to the around dock. again. I'm like, what do you, what do you want us to do? Try to get some of this weed out of here. Gun man. it, man. Rip it up. And Granddaughter's coming up, and she's not going to get in the water if it's all full right, of duckweed. Right, right. So. so we gave it a best shot and stirred it up. Full tilt, came in pretty close. And got rid of a lot of the duckweed for 10, 15 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, said that it all came back. But I, for me, the rich comedy there was in in doing so, you're getting very close to the end of your dive. Right. 
and uh, I said, "Uh oh, Fudd, we got uh, we got two swans over." Oh yes, and you you had inadvertently decapitated I one did. of the swans. <laughs> well, not they with were, the blade, not with the prop. No, of the, the prop, the prop avoided it, but the but the big wake. Yeah, uh, so they just flipped over. They flipped over, and one of their heads, heads popped came off. So, so it was sort of like, wow. That helped me decide. Let's just keep them out now. That's and right. That's let's, right. Let's beach the swans, and uh, hopefully that and the bark box or whatever. <laughs> keep them up but yeah it was it was weedy and not a ton of action but it was fun to get out nonetheless right right Be- beautiful weather as i said and and not any bugs so was very nice and you avoided ticks on this trip did you not I mean, yeah i'd be saying last, a tick. last time up you picked up a tick that had just decided to chomp on at the last minute and you yeah turned well that in. was after i had gotten home too yeah. i think it was like what the, where'd you come from right you did you did my dad proud you Took a knife and oh, of course. turned it into two ticks. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. A little, little bit of screaming from the tick, probably. But uh, right, right. But yeah, not too many creepy crawlies. A uh, few dandelions, uh, not dandelions. Daddy long legs. That's what I'm trying to come yeah, up they with. They were, they were, they were present. They were, they were all over the place. But I don't mind those. They're no, just kind of. My girls, of course, are squeamish around them, but yeah, they're just kind of like. I don't know. How can you dislike it? I mean, yeah, they've got long legs and kind of this round, puffy pillow body and it's but they're just you know pretty pretty innocuous pretty innocuous right not, not a lot gonna happen there so but a couple of nice fires plenty of radio shows Absolutely. lots of uh, inner sanctum inner sanctum mysteries well friends it's time once again to close that creaking door with uh, the host doing his, with his yeah what's 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 his line there good night and pleasant dreams dreams pleasant Mm. Crackle, crackle, crackle. A little goofy, but a little uh, silly, but hey, what fun! My aunts used to talk about being out in basically Western farm country, Minnesota, as young kids and pre-TV days, and listening to the radio shows and getting freaked out by Inner Sanctum. And, oh, really? And uh, lights out. Everybody and telling stories about it. oh, and you had to turn the lights out because the guy said turn your lights out. And, yes. Oh, it just freaked us out. Seems like well, I suppose in this small, you know, two bedroom farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere, out by oh, Star yeah. Lake, things get a little weird. Yeah, the <laughs> mind started working, you know. Especially if it's a story about you know some axe murder or something. Correct. Somebody Correct. that's out there escaped, coming for you. Escaped from the insane asylum, and they're, they're <laughs> right. on the road Yes, with their meat cleaver. Good Lord, watch out. <laughs> yes, indeed. Never mind the fact Dad's got a 12-gauge, a 16-gauge, a rifle, uh, yeah, every right. farm implement you can think of. <laughs> but hey, you know. Cabin's safe. I've, we're loaded. Indeed. It occurred to me that... Um, after speaking with Matt Crockett about uh, his great book, The Dumb Birds of North America, we should also mention, if we haven't before, that um, uh, Mike Leon has a new book out called Cabin Fever. I think we have mentioned it, but uh, that's pretty pretty fresh off the press as well. Right. Was there, you know, so he's got four now that are just... I read that on the airplane. Oh, yes, that's right. Good, good, short, I mean, you know, two and a half hour read. It's really entertaining, fast read and good cabin stories. Yeah, which, and it's kind of meant to just sort of like carry with you and read a story, you know, or two here and there. Put you back in the right frame of mind. Or if you're on a plane, yes. Yeah, exactly. Read it all the way through. Exactly. Or Matt's book. 
And uh, there was another. Who else did I want to? Oh, Larry. Yeah, Larry Sickman of uh, Lake Supply Company or Lake Supply Co. Uh, yes. He's busy, been busily designing some awfully cool looking stuff for Looks cabin good. country. I like the new merchandise. I'm very excited. Yes. We're going to have a new mug. So the old one with uh, the, the familiar Bjorn and Fudd with our enlarged heads standing <laughs> in the sea maid. Well, that one uh, Letting it go to is now heads. discontinued. It's a collector's item. Oh, my. I think we, I sent Matt the last one as a thank find, you gift. Find one in an antique shop. But uh, Larry's been designing a pretty cool, uh, kind of an avatar imagery of our... A little bit, yeah. ...of our, of our faces on, on this cup, and uh, also a great shirt design of the Gull River. Yes. And uh, so... Yes, indeed. I'm those are going to be... Excited to get the T-shirt. ...available soon. You'll be able to find them on our website, and as well as Larry's uh, Lakes Supply Company. Uh, I keep saying company, but... Coal. It's coal, I think. Lakes Supply Coal. Lakes Supply Coal. Indeed. Uh, either place you can go and order any lake of your choice, but you're going to now be able to find the Gull River. I'm sure there'll be thousands of people wanting that. <laughs> what? It's this little thread of a thing that comes out of a giant gull yeah, lake. Yeah, but I think there's there's a certain amount of pride, you know? Of course, like, yes. For, you know, it's it's not the world's biggest body of water, but by gad, it's the one that I call home, so. And you just caught a big bass I did, of... I did. I did. I've been, pro- you know, I, I started to wonder. I, I kept seeing these pictures you'd bring home of like, yeah, yeah I caught this one and then. How this do you one do it? I've even watched you catch big bass on that river and thought, what in the way? I've watched you toss out a particular bait the, that we lovingly refer to as the white whale. Oh, that's right, the white big, whale. Big white rubbery Kind of affair. a minnowy looking thing with a big paddle tail wiggling You've around. thrown and... out several and had at least three snapped oh, off the right. line. I think the northerns like that one. Yeah. Because, in fact, I think I caught the smallest hammer handle in the world. On a white whale. On a white whale. Yes. It was either that or my pink-headed jig with the chartreuse body. Which was aimed at smaller fish. Yes. Well, I like to try And I guess this was a small fish, but it was was a northern pike. So, oh well, it was fun. Well, and I had one as we were kind of on on your side of the river and going down a bit, a place suggested by your cousin Doug. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, well, give this place a shot. And, And I threw one last toss out as you were bringing up the anchor mm-hmm. i can't remember what we were doing or you were bringing yeah, up the we trolling motor or whatever but uh, something hit my line like a ton of lead oh and yes. then and then just a very light Ding. you know lureless <laughs> right. piece of piece yes. of monofilament came sailing back towards me and i was like i'll bet that was a northern because yeah. they hit hard and they tend to bite right through the line that happens an so, awful lot if you don't have a leader it gets to enjoy a a blue and black sparkly rubber worm and a big hook. Oh yeah! And I hope it's savoring that because uh, <laughs> right. it, it took it took all arms. Maybe sticking out of the side of its mouth. I have no idea. But you know that also reminds me is uh, that uh, one of the many small fish I caught. Well, I shouldn't say many. I caught a tiny hammer handle northern, a tiny bait sized bass, and I also caught sort of a very small, youthful looking. What I think was a smallmouth. And I've, I know I've corrected you once or twice, Bjorn. That well, I'm, I'm often wrong. You'll on that say one. like, "Oh, I missed the I, I, I missed that smallie." It's a largemouth. They're mostly. It's almost all largemouth in the Gull River, but it, right. you keep going down to where it meets up with the Crow Wing River, and then you can run into some smallmouth. Sure. Well, we were close enough to the uh, the Crow Wing where maybe there is a few smallmouth hanging out. Well, I caught a small one, 
and it, it looked like a couple of chunks had been taken out of it. Side, yeah. And it's in its tender years. So it was almost a dinner for some other larger fish, but uh, the, the chomp had healed over. But there was yeah. clearly a, a piece of it missing, like like it, was, it swum away from something that was chasing it. Got right. a big, big old piece of it back by the tail. Yes, and it managed to escape and heal over. So that was, right. And you, of course, were kind enough to say, "Well, look at this thing. This is really strange. I think it's a smallmouth. I think it's a smallmouth, and right? I think I'm going to put it back." Right. Well, it was too small to keep, and. I don't know, I'm very selective on what I keep. Sure. If it's too big, we let them go because, you know, it's not the greatest eating and you might as well let it spawn more big fish. Correct. Um, if it's a good eating size and there's still time enough in the trip to bring it home, clean it, you know, it's, it's more for, I think, the fun of catching it. And right. Taking a picture, throwing it back. Let it, let it live. But uh, I think this is, uh, this is the most fishing we've we've talked about in, uh, in a long time. Well, uh, and I think on this show. trip, the most fishing we've done. That's honestly. true. That's true. Um, the weather was good. Yeah. We had the tracker out. I mean, even just sitting there on the dock and listening to radio shows and draining yeah. coffee mugs, it was... Right. Let's just keep a line in the water. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, you don't that, catch anything. That dock Big deal. That's is a good spot. Uh, it is. A few weeks ago, my dad sent me a picture that his uh, his wife, Marilyn, caught... Uh, a brook trout. Right. And that is a trophy because I think it was 17 inches. Of course, you got to mention how, how long it was. Right, right. But I couldn't believe it. I mean, that it's the Gull River isn't the kind of river where you have trout swimming around. Like Correct. Rainbow yeah. or brook trout. But uh, it probably, it, it does link into the Mississippi River at some point and some other creeks and whatnot or the Gull Lake. I don't know. But that's a rare, rare catch. In fact, I think they did keep it. Okay. I don't know if they're going to... <laughs> well, it is good eating, so we, we're, <laughs> we're going to keep it. We might we might have one of those... Everything you mount now is you just give the dimensions and size to a, a taxidermist, and they create an artificial version sure. yep. of the fish now. So they might might do that. I think my dad's intending on... But that was quite something. I mean, they pull a... A brook trout out of the beautiful the fish, River. yeah, beautiful fish, very flashy. Yes, all the spots on it. I know. If I can go ahead and mention Mike Lean's latest book, yeah, he's got a course. chapter in there about about fly fishing. Ah, talks yeah, about brook trout and and uh, how in some parts of kind of the Colorado area, they're they're kind of almost considered a borderline invasive. Like, well, we don't really want these here. It's we're looking for rainbows or cutthroats or Dolly Vardens, that kind mm. of thing. Oh, okay. Brook trout. No, that's not really what you want. Huh. And so he he made a meal of several <laughs> brook trout he'd caught. I don't want to give too much away here, but it was a, it was a fun read. But uh, he said it, talking about all these fashionable anglers out there in their LL Bean entourage. And yeah. Him walking out in his kind of knee waders and <laughs> camo jeans or something. camo jeans or something like that yeah and a and a ball cap and hey whatever i'm catching brook trout we're gonna eat them <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't want them here i love catching them and and they're delicious so oh that's excellent yeah sounds like good stuff would have been fun where where was he fishing for those two you know i i want to say he was in colorado he oh, okay. didn't i'm sure it says in the it, it, like i said i was reading in an airplane and kind of fighting Dozing off. But not even the dozing off. It was a, it was a good gripping read. There was just so much going on around me. Um, oh yes, yeah. And kind of you know, okay, I got to stop now. I'll have a uh, sparkling water, and I guess I'll have a, <laughs> you know some crackers, whatever you've got. Yeah, okay. Pretzels, and then, yeah. You know, so I I didn't 
give the locale my my closest attention but it was it was fun to read and and i just love the fact he was kind of saying well here i am you know minnesota angler yeah average guy i'm just out there doing what i do and it, it was fun I, I i heartily endorsed the book and uh that chapter is a fun one my dad used to fly fish just on the gull river for sunfish at night he would okay go in his duck boat i think and yeah. uh, stand up in the middle of it it's and a piece of ancient history there yeah oh the, yes the duck boat was that still is, right still a seaworthy and yes it uh as as we mentioned on early early episode that uh, that thing Eventually eroded and became one with the one bank with the of the Gull River, I think, and, until it was probably burned in the pit by my dad. <laughs> I usually, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I've mentioned that uh, we always try to make sure we leave the cabin clean for the next person oh, yes. that comes up. Oh, yes. And uh, my dad's, you know, he'll be one to call and say, well, you must have been in a hurry because you left the light on and there was a, a candy wrapper over here on the floor. And But I have to say this, my dad... Is he doesn't have any qualms about a few pieces of tra- unburned uh, trash, you know, maybe pieces of rope, or maybe a ring from an old tarp that uh, had weathered to the point of well, let's just toss it in here. But uh, I'm the kind of person that the fire pit has to be just as clean as the floor inside the cabin. It's a sacred spot. It's a sacred spot, and uh, if I can just have a small gripe it's like well you know i like to have a good clean (laughs) fire ring there and absolutely so when i come up and i see parts of you know oh here's some pasta then didn't quite get burnt from (laughs) somebody's dinner and this carbonara was subpar (laughs) throw it in the fire oops it didn't all make it in (laughs) actually when i go Uh, up and i bring my dogs if there's anything left that didn't quite get burnt, you know. The next yeah. morning, they're in there like sniffing around. <laughs> yeah, well, we there, did. We did on this trip have a very uh, wayward-minded squirrel that uh, That's in true. the morning into the afternoon was continually going back into the fire rig and digging around. Yes, boy. But I don't know what you're finding. Yeah, I don't know. Ant carcasses? I have no <laughs> idea. I'm not sure. But the, we're not. We're not generally. Maybe it was that uh, one of the nights we did enjoy some brats. We did. Beer brats, I think they were. Indeed. With some sauerkraut. A little kraut. And we didn't quite get through all of the kraut, and we threw that on the fire. But in in the defense of that, it did did burn. Yeah. Created kind of a tangy fire for a very brief (laughs) brief period there. Oh, my. Nice, rich. Tangy, yes. Vinegary. Good for your digestive system. Smoke, you know. Equally good for the fire. Yes. Took a while, Good but clean those, those coals got rid of it, so uh, the kraut was gone. A couple of beans, too. There was oh, a, yes. several cans of chili we darn near finished right. with the with the dogs or whatever. Yes. That sort of, of well-scorched last half inch would get offered <laughs> right. up to the yes the fire lords, and uh, maybe that's what the squirrel found. I don't maybe. Know. Well-scorched I, bean. Or maybe it buried a nut a while back when nobody was up. Entirely possible. Now it's now it's well toasted. Trying to get at it. Yeah, there you go. Delicious white oak acorn. Oh. Oven roasted. Yes. Delicious. Indeed. But, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, pretty standard fare. We had a good time. We, we caught a fish or two and gave several hours intense effort trying to catch some more. And, right. But I'll tell you what. Fud, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, and I think all our listeners will agree, boy, just time away from the craziness of reality, just kind yes. of standing on the prow or, you know, back by the stern of the boat and up on the 
what I like about your tracker is it's kind of got those elevated platforms in both front yeah, and back, yeah. and you can stand up there and cast, and and a lot of fun casting off the dock, but it takes on a whole new kind of feel when you're out there on the water. And yeah. Just, you know, slowly moving along and casting in towards the shore and thinking, you're going to bite on this, and I'm going to get back that arbogast. Darn it. It's coming back. It's still in your mouth. And uh, I did... Uh, mighty rebel. I cast out my own arbogast uh, newly refound uh wait is the that a word refound the chipmunk, yeah. the chipmunk. reclaimed yeah. reclaimed the chipmunk I, I i cast it out it does a wonderful skipping dance but it just really wasn't surface water fishing the fish I, weren't interested know, in stuff i don't up think top. so not at all not at but all. at least i got it wet and i i threw it out there and uh i was even paranoid to make sure it was well secured to my line i'm not gonna lose this thing no 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 again and it was good to see the chipmunk swimming for dear life right right. very very active in the water indeed but it was the worms that that done it that's right uh, rubber worms and i've often wondered too about when do i when do i get real crazy and bust out a spinnerbait isn't that uh, your brother is kind of keen on the spinnerbaits right he and his yes son yes my brother and his son love to do the spinners that's i think they go in the deeper more, water a little more northern and where pike. where doug told us to go past the narrows as he called them it's yes. a skinny point in the river where you pass that and then suddenly you're at on the channel about 14 feet deep and you're you can get close to shore and there really isn't any of that coontail and the and the real salady kind of stuff that your hooks can get into so right we were able to cast into that yeah that's that's that you could have thrown your spinner in there and and uh i don't you know, i don't know that i've ever used a spinnerbait i we just i haven't much growing up my dad never used them a lot and you know it's always been weedy in our part of the gull river up there and so you have to find either a clear spot and use a surface lure that's just right. going to kind of float avoid the lily pads yeah. or you uh, use the the worm that's got the embedded hook that's not going to grab right. on anything, right? But uh, spinner baits are more for open water and deeper water, I think. And going a lot of, for a lot of motion and, and something with some size to it will say, "I'm going to chase that down." And yeah, I did. I did cast out my spoons looking for northerns. I, fi- I, I a couple of years ago, when we were at the, uh, it's already two years ago, we were at the Sportsman's Show. That's right, where we met up with Mike Lean and yeah. We came across a, uh, uh, an outfit, a husband and wife. Out of were, Glencoe, right? Yeah, that was an outfit out of Glencoe. I can't remember the name, sorry. But I bought a couple of spoons from them. They uh, were weed-free, weed-free yeah. spoons. It's, uh, they just kinda, they, the hooks kind of lodge themselves in, and they have a little spring trap thing that yep. holds them in until yep. the fish bite it, releasing the hook. And that I have caught a couple of small northerns on, on one of those. But, but I, in fact, I did... Remember, I did lose something big, not far from the dock. I was on the dock, cast it out. That's something right. grabbed it, dove into the weeds, and then I was like, it was stuck. It was not moving. And That's I, right. I started thinking, what That's if I right. got a snapper at the I, end of this? Well, I even grabbed the the net, thinking like, like, here it comes. What oh, monster boy. is going to appear right through the duckweed? But turns out, when I finally got it up, it was nothing but a huge chunk of weeds. But there was a fish. Something was on there. And went, I'm telling went. you, I really did have something. Yeah, it oh, grabbed yeah. it dove down and that's a common occurrence you know fish will grab it dive into the weeds and good luck getting it out right but um but it's fun and uh it is a good time never makes or break the trip you know it's just uh, no 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 
we've, more I, I would say we've had more trips up there that we've enjoyed equally where we've caught absolutely nothing. Oh, yeah. But just, again, just being able to throw the, throw the lures out and clear your mind. Just right. Just kind of be like, there's nothing I'm worried about right now. Exactly. Dogs aren't rolling in the, in the goose manure. And the, <laughs> yes. You know, I'm not responding to work texts or anything. It's just exactly maybe catch something here. And one last piece here on the trip from me here. Fud is it was just kind of fun talking with your neighbor on his dock and he was he was casting out some pretty good sized lures too into the depths of the gull and he said at one point well I I saw you know the head of the big snapping turtle emerge oh. he's he's still around he or yes. she you know or they or <laughs> whatever whatever pronoun that big snapping turtle is going with right now it's <laughs> whatever it is it's still uh, it's still a rising up from the depths from time to time off the ends of docks, and he mentioned that uh, he had done some bow fishing, and uh, I don't think we brought this one up yet. Maybe we no, I don't think quite so. Sure, Don, do you recall nothing? Okay, well, <laughs> um, yeah, he he shot several good sized carp with his bow and put them on a stringer, and attached the stringer to a post of his dock, and something had called him up, you know, on shore for just a little bit and he thought okay well i'm okay and this this should be all right and went up and you know took care of whatever needed to be done up up on shore and then he came back down he said almost an hour later couldn't have been any more he said came back down and there was one carp head and a spine (laughs) and a couple of fins floating near it and then one very dead carp Half of it just ripped away. Wow. This this thing had come up and just said, well, thank you. <laughs> Smorgasbord is open and just started. And I feel kind of bad for that carp. I mean, can you imagine this thing yes. coming along? You're trapped and it's just ripping you apart. I said, shame on me. I should have known better. Half of me wanted to ask, well, what were you going to do with them anyway? I mean, they're carp. I mean, I, I don't know yeah, I, what the plan was. Maybe he was going to fire up the smoker or something. You know? I don't know. I don't. I know that can be done. Um, huh? He said it was kind of interesting and somewhat sad that you know, I left him on the stringer. I come back down and they're all mangled. You know, and he, he said the same thing too of a kind of the listeners will know what I'm talking about. I think kind of those wire baskets with yeah, the kind of spring loaded top, and you can put small fish if you catch panfish pan or whatever fish, in yeah. there. But generally speaking, it's also used as just sort of a kind of a holding tank for larger size minnows if if the yeah. the weight yeah, if the web is is tight enough and uh, he had one of those and he's i think he said he had a, a bunch of fairly good size like a medium pike minnow in this thing yeah. and he he came back down the next day and the thing had just been mangled <laughs> oh, really and uh it was the snapping turtle again yeah he, he figured what was happening what was left of whatever minnows were there were like half extruded through the sides of the web. He'd ripped the side of it out, and he said, I think the darn thing had grabbed it with its front legs and was just basically squeezing minnows out into its mouth. Wow. One at a time. And then something got him to move, and he left. But he said, I was left there with kind of a shredded wire basket and a bunch of dead minnows. Wow. He said, so it's it's still out there. Can keep that in mind next time you jump in the... In the gull. It's like, oh my. Well, yes. Jack and, uh, the Ripper, part two. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, and especially when you've got the duckweed covering like the first oh, yeah. 20 feet of, yeah. of shoreline. And uh, when, when I have to jump in, right now my lift is not low enough in the water. So yeah. I, I have to go in there 
in my shorts and just sort of like shove the boat off Ease of the, the lift. the boat off the landing, yeah. And of course, there's always that thought, okay, there's going to be a snapper underneath here. <laughs> Make a beeline for my legs. Ooh. The horror story. Hairy white youth. man legs. Let's Get in the lake. Oh, there's a big muskie coming to just bite my <laughs> knee off. Well, in the, in the, the circle of life... Uh, manifests itself in interesting ways because that same neighbor, Rick, who yep. who uh, lost his bowfished carp to that snapping turtle, well, he told my dad that uh, about a week or so ago he, fo- he found a, a nest of snapping turtle eggs. Right. That was... Right by his fire ring, I think. Yeah, right by the fire ring that was just torn apart and he could smell the res- residue of, of skunk, you know. Right. So a skunk had gotten into the eggs of the the snapper oh yeah so it's like uh, you know the poor snapper has their their troubles as well they've got their own load in life to bear i can't procreate without those skunks skunks coming and And i forget did did rick put out a trap for the skunk well i thought that's was he was thinking about that but okay don't know if he ever did or not the problem with trapping a skunk is what do you do live trap once you got a trap what are you going to do with it right you know, unless he was thinking... I'm going to walk up on you. You're going to turn around and blast me. Oh, for <laughs> crying out loud. Yikes. Well, I half wonder if he wouldn't, too, uh, forgo the live trap and just go old school. Run a Maybe. trap line. And right. I'm going to get you, and you're not going to survive it, you know? <laughs> right. Yes. Hmm. I, I don't think we're hurting for skunks near the Gull River. There's, I don't think there's so. There's a fair number of... There's plenty of skunks. Curious thing about the skunk, they are kind of cute. Well, yeah. Looks like that. Little little goofball, but oh boy, yeah, ish. Everything has their own defense mechanism. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Without a doubt. Well, a good trip. Yeah, yeah, and a good recap, I think. I hope people got something out of that and enjoyed themselves. Stay tuned. We'll be right with you. We'll come back after a couple of words from some of our favorite sponsors. I'm Luke. And I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the creators, creators of Northwoods Shaving Club. Luke, today's angler or hunter, uh, heck, today's outdoorsman wants a shave that is clean and close. You know it, Jake. A clean-shaven man has the look of someone who knows where he's going and appreciates where he's been. A man who is ready to greet the future with a firm handshake, a well-targeted cast, or an arrow flying true from the stand. A man who knows the vehicle will start when the key is turned and the chainsaw is sharp and ready to work. If this describes you, then perhaps you have the stuff to join the Northwood Shaving Club. The Northwood Shave is a clean shave. You won't get any closer than you will with the shaving blades we offer. You said it, Luke. The first option we offer is the Northwoods Razor Hawk. The Razor Hawk is the stainless steel tomahawk that outdoorsmen and lumbermen used in the glory days of the lumber camps. Yes, sir. Not only could the tomahawks be thrown or used to split wood, their razor-sharp edge was used by timberjacks everywhere to get one of the closest shaves in the forest. No, they weren't. Our second option is the Razor Flex Fillet Blade. Forged like the great fillet knives from Angling's past, the Razor Flex is supremely sharp like the fish-cleaning knives they were designed from. These are the blades that fishermen, both commercial and amateur alike, used to claim a baby smooth shave 
free from nicks and scrapes right in the heart of fishing camp. That's hogwash too, Luke. You're making this stuff up. I never agreed to this. Script. And all for the low, low price of $55 a month. We'll send you a replacement Razor Hawk or Razor Flex during the first week of each month. What are they going to do with all those knives and hatchets? That's ridiculous. A new blade will guarantee a new look each month straight to your home. Yes, it costs a bit more, but let's see you use your worn-out last month's razor to split kindling or fillet a wall-eyed pike. After a month's closest shaves, you now have the tools to use at the lake or in the woods. And let's not forget, they make great gifts. Okay... The, the Northwood North Shaving Club. Club. Start, Start your, your lifetime, lifetime of razor close shaves, shaves today. today. You never shaved with fillet knives. Oh, come on. We'd like to encourage you to stick around after cabin country each week and slow down a bit. Pick up some of the small town wisdom of today and yesteryear with good old Lloyd. As the mosquitoes fly. On a warm and humid Brainerd night, a nervous child walks with his flashlight to the crapper. And a far loon cries. The door squeaks open and a mouse runs away. The boy wishes he'd gone much earlier today to the crapper. Don't you understand? The boy may need a helping hand Dad? To find his own way to the throne and be a man someday Dad? You want to keep him company But a young man needs his privacy And so we simply turn our heads and look the other way Well, his tummy turns And a nervous little boy wants to cover his nose As he lowers his pants and warm wind blows In the crapper In the crapper And his nostrils burn As he sits there quiet he begins to shake He hears a scary noise and sees dark shapes In the crapper jumps in consternation he sees he's not alone in the light of his flashlight beam a big spider crawls out from under the sea and a far noon cries though it frightened the boy and made his heart skip the spider sped things up and shortened the trip and the crapper And the mosquitoes fly On a warm and humid Brainerd night A nervous child runs with his flashlight From the crapper And a far loon cries That's Lloyd. Good old Lloyd. When I walk through that door, 
Well, that's uh, that's Treat Me Nice by uh, the White Sidewalls. White Sidewalls. They're kind of a legendary cover group uh, around the Midwest here. You got it. And it turns out that uh, one of the members, Gino. Gino. Is, uh, well, my wife's uncle. Well, oh. So um, we've been... Stars uh, aligned. You know, in the summers, he's extremely busy. They're, they're touring. Actually, last year, of course, with COVID... They a went, hiatus. Yeah, kind of on a hiatus. But this year, he said it was so exciting to be back out, and regaling, regaling the audiences all over cabin country. I think. And uh, anyways, uh, we are gonna have a show with the White Sidewalls at some point, or at least Gino. Right. It's uh, he's the one with the studio spokesman where they do all the recordings, including this one of "Treat Me Nice" by Treat Me Nice, the late great Elvis. Um, Indeed. Actually, Bjorn and I tried our own version of that. We did. I don't know if uh, we can uh, play that because we'd probably run into some. <laughs> well, actually, you know, it's our own cover. It is uh, a cover. I, I mean, perhaps we would Don, have it. spool it up. Oh, boy. When I walk through that door, baby, be polite. You're going to make me so if you don't treat me right. Don't you ever kiss me once, kiss me twice. Anyway, not sure when that's going to happen. Uh, we also... Looking forward to it. Yeah, looking looking forward to that for sure. That, yeah. It could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been taking more and more pictures of the cabin art at, at my dad's place there. We have and a good collection going. We, we've, we've talked about it in early episodes, you know, cabin decor. Yes. But um, I never... I, 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 for some reason, don't pay much attention, but the most notable piece of cabin decor is the 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 furry fox hide curled up in the corner and it's not a hide that's on the wall there's a deer hide on the wall Mm -hmm. in my dad's place Mm -hmm. oh yeah but up on a little little corner shelf like you know you'd have to reach up about eight feet to to reach it it's this you know I i think my dad found this fox you know, dead, deceased, decide to take it and skin it. And, you know, so it sits there and my, my girls sleep in the loft across the cab, you know, across the way. And so they wake up and they look at this dead sleeping fox (laughs) in the corner and it just kind of freaks them out. And, oh yeah, there's, there's that. So anyway, it's Robin Hood from Disney. (laughs) It was Robin Hood from Disney. Oh my God. He's curled up. He's taking a very long nap. A long nap. That's right. But, um, so I don't know, we might do that. You know, I, I don't want to, like, make too much fun of my dad's no. art, but uh, just to... Well, it's very cabiny. I mean, it, it, it screams Northwoods, yeah. you know, and, and it, he didn't go out and stalk the thing. I mean, he right. came upon it. So I just it, it lives on. I think it would be fun, too, to, like, invite people, you know, um, maybe people like our, our friend David Barnett down in New Jersey. You bet. Maybe, you know, with his cabin, if, what kind of art he's got going, and then yeah. we, could, we could post it. Like, here's, here's from David's cabin. And, uh, and Patrick McNulty, the cabin, if, if he had his cabin yet, I don't know if you got one yet, Patrick, but uh, what, what kind of art would you, would you hang up there? Or, uh, you know. Many theories and themes. Yes. Know, there's the boating cabins, there's the, the sailing cabins, there's the hunting cabins, the fishing cabins. And all you the know, kind of coat racks, that goes, clothing yeah, coat racks, racks and, and fishing rod holders. And yeah, my dad just made a uh, uh, like a bow archery bow holder for his. Yes, like, he's got four absolutely. or five recurve bows from his 
hunting career, you know, without a doubt, growing up. So, yeah, it's it's the kind of thing though where you you can no longer buy nice, cute cabiny, kitschy, decorative things for the cabin because it's like all the space is filled. So it's, it's filled up. It's in fact, I, th- I think I think I remember Bjorn you. Uh, gave me you were you had this big print of a loon i think i did yeah and and you gave it to me indeed and then i gave it to my dad and then we just you know he had no room for it he's got a small <laughs> picture of a loon already sure so um, too many loons spoil the the shack yeah it's it's uh yes cabin cabin decor and then of course there's uh mentioning again our friend mike leon he's got a great chapter in one of his books about funny signs and so forth oh yes he's got in his cabin so Next, yeah, hopefully we'd like to get him on the show again. Maybe even in person. We'll, Maybe we'll, so. We'll he see could come down, that. hang with us for a while. Be great. It's hard to catch him though when he's not busy hunting or. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Fudd. We will through the wonders of Don and and the, the address, the web address. People are yeah. interested in sending in some shots of what they've got yes. adorning the walls. This is in no way, shape, or form a. We're taking yeah. shots at you. We're just posting what people have up. Oh right. Right. It's not I mean, like we're going to look at it like, oh my God, look at that. It's the funniest looking duck. little segment of, of Americana artwork. We're tipping indeed. our caps to, raising our coffee mugs to. Indeed. Indeed. So there's that. And uh, what else might be on the horizon? Well, I know I did a little digging, Fudd, about uh, specifically kind of this neck of the woods, but uh, the history of the state and, and the, you know, we can't be at the cabin. Up on the gull without hearing the trains come through. Right. We're both train aficionados. Indeed. And they're fans, at least. And, and I did some digging. I know we've got an episode that is in the works involving yes. railroads and the state of Minnesota, the past, maybe a little bit of the present. Um, I've also, I know the season is kind of drawn to a close here, but perhaps it can be one that's sort of a get your cap set for the, the spring and early summer of foraging episode. Oh, yeah. I think I've done a fair piece of talking about it, but uh, a show kind of perhaps dedicated, dedicated to the edibles and then things also you should probably stay away from. In fact, I just heard about one today, the white snake root, hmm. which is, uh, I'm not so... But it I'm, sounds again, delicious. Though. Oh, doesn't it? I, I'm not <laughs> sure if it's uh, something we have a lot of here in the state of Minnesota, but I know it's throughout Indiana, Illinois, Iowa. Um and it flowers in the autumn, these beautiful white flowers, but it had it had a dark side. Oh. And I guess the understanding was that if cattle grazed, dairy cattle grazed on this plant, uh, the milk was tainted and could actually make people sick. Wow. And it took, took a while for the early settlers to kind of figure that out. Wow, fascinating. So, yeah, string that one and the blue bead lily, and there's all kinds of things out there that are kind of dangerous, but well outnumbered by those yeah. things which are... Delicious and omnipresent. Oh yes! If you're if you're there for the right set of weeks, you know, and uh, and you'll have your handy Yule Gibbons book, I'm sure. Yule Gibbons, for... maybe a Stan Tequila journal. Oh yes, keep you uh, safe and uh, well fed. Excellent. Some great stuff out there. I I will admit, my last trip up to Ely, just a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I darn near gorged ourselves on Saskatoons, which Saskatoons. were still. Still right in fruit, and they were already down here in the Twin Cities. Kind of a thing of the past, but uh, things change. You know, the farther north you go, things ripen a little later. And I recall, too, putting in at one point on a one of the Apostle Islands and finding quite a collection 
out of season, but they were all ripe and ready to go. So hmm. people ran around and enjoyed the island, and I stood there in front of a tree and <laughs> ate lunch. <laughs> mm. Good stuff, man. And finally Delicious. came people coming back. What are you doing? Come on over here and try this. And then we had about eight people standing around <laughs> devouring a tree. You know, it was, it was outstanding. Excellent Good stuff. So that's, that's out there as well. Couple, couple last-minute thanks again. Just we can never say thank you enough. I think to the great supporters Stan. of the show, Stan oh, yes. Tequila, of course, with his his bird sounds we've been allowed to use. And I, I forget. I think are you holding the CD there in your in your paws, Fudd? Uh, I know it's kind of weird. CDs. Who uses yeah. CDs anymore? <laughs> wow. Well, when we met with Stan last uh, last summer, yeah, we you know he had a, we opened his big truck and had all kinds of Stan Tequila. Goods, you bet. And uh, I picked up the uh, bird songs of the North Woods, classic. And that's what you've been kind of listening to in the background. Um, Stan was kind enough to let oh, us. Oh, and it's fallen all over. Let the us place. use the sounds he recorded so, that's so right. professionally. So They're wonderful. To Stan and Good Adventure sound. Publications. Absolutely. Uh, that he's also got another disc called Fascinating Loons. So, Ooh, I bet that's great. I haven't heard that one. And these are like hour long. Yeah, it's really, really nice stuff, you know, the sounds of of storms. I've always been a fan of, like, you know, Dan Gibson's Solitudes. He's a Canadian, you know, professional recordist recordist guy. And so it's that kind of thing. Stan's Birds of Minnesota, I think, was the CD. Yes. That was standard fare on road trips east. Oh, yeah. And road trips west. Great stuff. Kids loved it. So it was a lot of fun. Excellent. Well, you know, thanks for... You know, if you've hung out with us this long, listening to our fish stories about yes. this more more fish talk than usual, but hopefully we didn't all good. lose some of the neutral <laughs> outdoors people. But um, thanks so much for for listening, and we'll uh, look forward to the next episode. Absolutely, we'll be here. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.